Well, good morning, Southcrest Church. Uh, before we get started, I would like to read uh, God's word to us out of Luke 2. Uh, this is the greatest story uh, that anyone could ever record or pen. This is the greatest event to ever have happened on this earth or ever will uh, happen. Uh, this is the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you would, would you just stand with me? We're going to read through some read through these verses together. And and here's what I want you to do. I'm asking God, even as I read this now, I've read this thing a hundred times. I'm asking that God would change my heart, that he would show me something fresh. And I pray that he would do that to you as well. And so let's start. Two, verse one, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everybody went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Today, I'm sorry, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, man, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. But Mary treasured up these things in her hearts and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You can be seated. Well, welcome to Southcrest Church. My name is Matt McFadden. I want to take just a moment and welcome our LaGrange campus. Right now, we are live between two cities. We have a campus down there in LaGrange. We're a big, happy family spread across about 30 miles. And I'm telling you what, it is an honor and privilege to do ministry in in South Atlanta and in LaGrange. That's my stomping ground. That's kind of where I grew up. And I'm telling you what, 2016... The staff around here at Southcrest, man, we are buzzing. We are expecting 2016 to be just an incredible year in the life of Southcrest and in the life of LaGrange and our LaGrange campus. Man, we are ready. 
Uh, so Noonan, give it up for LaGrange. LaGrange, give it up for Noonan. Awesome. Well, we, we are right in the middle of our Adventist season. We are looking at worship through the lens of Christ coming to the earth, being born here, and how heaven and earth responded to the Savior being born. Caleb opened up and talked about how an angel appeared to Mary, and the angel's like, surprise, you're going to carry and give birth to the Savior. So what was Mary's response to this massive life interruption? Man, she worshiped. She had a party, man. She sang songs, and it was just an incredible uh, uh, story in the Bible to see that her response to God uh, was worship. And then Pastor Sean spoke last week about the angels and the glory of the Lord and how you and I, we were created for God's glory. And you and I, we bring God the greatest glory when we respond to Jesus. Every time we worship him, every time we read about him, every time we think about him, we glorify God, and that's what we're supposed to do. So it's been an incredible series so far. You know, I love talking about worship. A lot of you know me as a drummer. You know, I love to play the drums. I love to hit things. I like to hit things very hard. I like to break things and when I hit them hard. I love it. Drums are just a part of me. I got the rhythm in me right now. I can't even stand still. It's just a part of who I am. And uh, man, I love it. Every time I'm scheduled to play the drums, my email, it's like a little treat that comes up in my email box. Ding! It's like, yes, drums. All right, cool. So... I get on Planning Center, and, and I'm looking through the songs. Planning Center is where we have all of our songs, and it's like a database. And so I look at what's scheduled, and I'm like, okay, cool, song number one. And I'm taking notes, man. I'm listening, I'm listening to uh, the verse, and, and how, how does this get into the chorus? And, uh, man, I'm, okay, how do we get back into the verse? Okay, I'm going to do a drum fill right here. I may flip a stick right here and catch it and do a rock and roll cymbal. And, and uh, you know, no, I'm not going to do, uh, do all that. But I, I love it, man. I listen to all these songs, and, and I make notes, and... And then I come in here and and the drum kit, man, I I tune it up. I make sure it sounds right. I make sure everything is in the right place and I'm measuring stuff almost. It's like, this has to be a millimeter higher or lower. Okay, so so it's just right. And, And I just love the drums. I love playing the drums. And when we begin to plan this series uh, around worship, heaven and earth, this has kind of been a personal checkup to me. God's been talking to me and saying, you know what, Matt? Are you placing the right value? on the right thing? Are you placing the right value on worship? And you know, I had to go and think to myself, you know, I think I am. I mean, gosh, I'm I'm on staff. I'm on staff at a church. I get to do this every day. I get to play drums about twice a month, man. Of course, God, I'm putting the right value on the right things. Yeah. But then God began to work into me again, just a checkup to say, all right, God. And this is where, this is where God has me right now. I'm not a drummer that happens to play worship music. I'm I'm a worshiper that happens to play the drums. I'm a worshiper that happens to play the drums. And I had to flip the emphasis off of what I did onto who who I am, okay? And so I want you to to think about that over the next few minutes uh, as I'm speaking and, and, and think about that. Is worship a part of just a part of your schedule or is it actually who you are? Listen, worship is not something that we do. It's who we are. Worship is not something that we do, it's who we are. It's not a calendar appointment on my calendar so I get to go to church and I check off that deal. No, worship is who we are. Worship is not a part of our life, it is our life, okay? So how do we get there? How do we get there in our lives? Well, it starts with a mind that is, that is focused and fixed and set on God. 
Every day you wake up, we need to be thinking about God. When we're in the car line with our kids and you're feeding them breakfast, you know, from the front seat or whatever and getting them ready, we need to be thinking about God. When we get to work, when we get to our lunch break, think about God, a mind set on him. And then when we get home, uh, you know, with our kids and our families, we need to be thinking about God. When we go to bed, think about God. And guess what, man? When our alarm clock goes off, we need to do it again. Our mind needs to be set on God. We need to have a preoccupation with, with who he is. We need to be preoccupied with what he's done for us. And you know, if we don't do that, we're, we're kind of falling short of what we're, we were created for. We were created for worship. We were created for his pleasure, not necessarily just ours and our own, but it's, we were created for him. You know, Jesus needs to be our main focus in our life, and everything else in life needs to be the interruption. You know, in American culture, it's kind of, we're kind of getting farther and farther and farther away from it. What's the first thing that gets bumped, you know, in our week? If we got weekend plans, man, what's the first thing that gets bumped on our schedule? Church, man. Church is in the way of my lake day. You know, I need to be on the lake, you know, or sports or, or something like that. I'm not saying the lake is bad or sports are bad. I love the lake. And, and, but it seems to be that, that that's the first thing that goes. You know, when, we're, when we get up in the mornings and we're getting everything ready and we're running late, how many of y'all run late in the morning sometimes? Yeah, don't, nah, yeah, yeah. All of us do. Man, what's the first thing to go? Man, our quiet time with the Lord. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. I promise. I'll get it in lunch. Lunch is, we've got a lunch meeting. Oh, I'll get it in when I get home. Okay, kids are got to be, I'll get it in when I go to bed. And then, Lord, I just, and then you're out. All right. And then it's over, you know. So it seems that, you know, sometimes Christ is not the center of our focus and everything else is. But today, I want us to get back to the place that Jesus needs to be our main focus and everything else in our life needs to be that interruption. Needs to be that interruption. So let me ask you this question. Think about this over the next few minutes. Are you worshiping Jesus with your whole life? Are you setting your mind on him every day? Think about that. I had to, I'm still doing it. God, help me to do that each and every day. Let's jump in here. Let's take a look at the shepherds. I love the shepherds, man. This has been a really cool study for me. And uh, if you have your Bibles, Luke 2, we're going to be chapter, I'm sorry, verse 8. Luke 2, 8. If you have your iPhone or whatever you want to look it up on, or it's also going to be up here on the screens. Luke 2, verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. You know, I love shepherds. I think, how many of you guys were, were raised in church, grew up in church, like your whole life kind of deal? Cool. A lot of us have been. So if you've spent any time in church around Christmas plays, the shepherds, man, that was like one of the awesomest, you know, roles to be casted as in the Christmas play. You wanted that, okay? Mary and Joseph, they were kind of pre-picked or whatever. Next up, shepherd. All right, man, I want to be a shepherd. I get a staff. I get to, you know, poke people in the line or whatever and poke my friends with the staff and hit them or whatever. You wanted to be a shepherd, you know? And so even as parents, we want our kids to be the shepherd, all right? At school play or whatever it may be, your kid comes home, you're like, all right, son, what did you get? Son's like, I'm a donkey. Oh, geez, you're a donkey? Oh, great. All right. Awesome. Well, maybe next year you'll be a shepherd. Shepherds are awesome, man. You want to be that. But if you actually take a look at who and what shepherds were in this time, you actually find out that they were outcasts. Shepherds were pushed out of society and into the wilderness to watch over sheep. They were one of the lowest occupations on, on, you know, in that society, man. That was the lowest of the low. And they were out there just to, just to watch over sheep. They were pushed out of society. You know, they were also ceremonially 
unclean. They weren't even allowed in the temple. It's interesting to note that this, this, these shepherds were, were really close to the city center and the temple. They were probably raising the very sheep that they used in the temple for sacrifice. And yet they themselves weren't even allowed in there to witness it. They were outcasts, man. They were pushed out. They were nearly just forgotten people. Just get out of here. Get out of society. Go, go watch sheep. Get out of here. You know, some were even criminals. You know, whenever you know, somebody wasn't fit to be in society to hold a job there, they, they were forced out there to watch over sheep. It was a life of loneliness. Could you imagine day in and day out, out in the middle of a field by yourself, separated from folks, you just want to have a conversation with somebody and all you got some sheep to talk to, you know, you're lonely. Um, it was a laborious job. You were constantly moving and constantly herding sheep and you were probably out in the sun and there wasn't much shade. Sometimes it, you know, it was just a lot of work. Uh, it was dangerous. You know, we see the story of, of David where he talks about how he's fought bears and lions and all this stuff. You're constantly warding and pushing away predators and, and protecting your sheep. And also it was a very, you know, you lived a life of poverty. There was nobody climbing the ladder of Shepherds R Us Incorporated and going up, you know, this, this corporate ladder, making six figures and got great 401k and all this stuff. No, it was poverty. Nobody, you just didn't make anything out there. You were forgotten. You were a forgotten people. Thinking about shepherds, I, I remember the story of David. You remember when he was anointed by Samuel? Samuel comes to the house of Jesse. Jesse's the dad, all right? Samuel's like, all right, here to anoint one of your sons. Jesse's like, yes, awesome. Fast track to royalty. I'm, I'm in. You know, and so he begins to line up his sons, and he's like, this guy's strong. He's awesome. He's courageous. It has to be him. Samuel's just like, no, it's not, it's not him. All right, who's next? And they just go down the line, seven sons. Samuel's like, man, he's not here. And Jesse, I just find it hilarious. He's like, Oh, yeah, I got one more son. I completely forgot about him. He's out in the fields. No big deal, right? And Sammy's like, I got to see him, man. I have to see him. And, and so I could imagine David walking in, stomping, whatever, Dad, you forgot about me again. You know, it's like, but, but for, sure enough, that was the one that, that he anointed. Shepherds are, are forgotten people. Luke 2, verse 9, let's read on. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to whom his favor rests. You know, if I, if I was an angel, I would, I would have to ask God, please, Lord, would you just put me in as a messenger angel? I know you've been sending Gabriel a lot, but man, it looks like it's a, it's a lot of fun just going down and freaking people out, okay? Here's a $20 bill, Lord, please, will you just put me in, put me in line to be a messenger angel? Anywhere we see in the Bible an angel showing up, what happens? Everybody's freaked out. So I could only, oh man, I'd be a messenger. It's like, boo, what's up? Got a message for you. So man, I would love to freak people. I think it'd be hilarious, you know? Could you imagine what these shepherds thought? They were terrified. 
They were probably days and days and weeks and months and even years without a single conversation with anybody out there. Nobody out there. They're just trying to talk to somebody. And all of a sudden, boom, full on glory. And in the middle of the night, here's an angel that appears. And it says that they were completely surrounded all the way around. I'm sure that they they were terrified. It's what it says right here. They're probably like, oh, my gosh, just messed my tunic. This is not good. I am freaked out right now. And, and they were just, they were terrified, man. And the angels are like, oh, it's okay. Calm down. No big deal. And, uh, but obviously it was a huge deal. But I can only imagine the shepherd saying, hold on, time, time out, angels. You, you got this all wrong. Hold up. Stop. Time out. Do you know who I am? You know who you're talking to? I am unclean. I got stuff on my sandal that I don't even know what it is, okay? I, you, I'm dirty. I stink. You have it all wrong. Angels, stop, stop, stop. I'm a sinner. I'm a, I'm a criminal. Don't, you, you got this wrong. You need to take Broadway down to Moore Street. Take a left on Moore Street. That's going to take you to the temple. You're going to go in the temple, okay? That's those managers in there, those people that are nice and clean and, and just took a shower. And uh, they got it together in there, man. They're, they're the scribes, the Pharisees, uh, all the important, smart people. That's who you need to be going to talk to. You don't, you don't want to talk to me. I'm the lowest of the low. I'm broke. I'm poor. I don't have it together. I'm a sinner. Why, why would you even be coming out here to talk to me? You know, if you were a shepherd, I, I was only thinking that if you were forced out in, into the society, it, you would probably feel as though your cards were dealt. Like, this is it, man. I have nothing to aspire to. I, I can never amount to anything more than this role and job right here. What the society has deemed me as, I can't never rise above it. I can never change my title. I'm stuck. The world knows me as a sinner. I can't change this. The world knows me as a criminal. I can't change this. I'm an outcast. But Jesus coming to this earth is news that just rocked their world. God chose to show his glory to them first. Could you just imagine that, man? The angels are like, man, I, I bring you good news. Today, this news is, is not just for a select group anymore. It's for all the people. And, and you categorize, you're, you're in that category, shepherds. It's for everyone. And guess what? Your Savior is born today. Your Savior. Not the people that have it together. Your Savior. I just love this, this, this point. I pray that we would never take it for granted. Jesus came to save everyone, even the outcasts. And that's good, really good news for you and I. We, we are sinners. We're lost. We are outcasts. Christ came to this earth to save you and I. I pray that we would never take that for granted today. You know, these shepherds, they were once outcasts, man. They were, they were pushed out. Now they were embraced as friends. They were unfit for the temple, and yet now they stand uh, with the priests and the Pharisees and all these people to, uh, to welcome the Savior. They were in. God came. Jesus came, and he leveled the playing field for everyone. Reading on Luke 2.15, when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying 
in the manger. You know, I love this picture here. Shepherds were never allowed to leave their posts. You have one job, shepherd. You stay out here and you watch these sheep. You have one job. Just watch them. But what does it say? When they heard this news, they immediately left. They left their sheep. They left it all behind. The shepherds, they walked away from what they were known for to become what they were made for. They walked away from what they were known for to become what they were made for. And they were made to worship Jesus. You and I are made to worship Jesus. Shepherds were first to kneel at the manger. I mean, obviously, this probably seemed very strange to to Mary and Joseph. but, But here they are. They're running up. They're probably out of breath. And they're like, oh, my gosh. Here he is, the savior of the world. They knelt down, they worshiped, man, and and they were there. They were there. They didn't care what society had labeled them as. They, They didn't care. They were there to worship their savior. We never need to let what's wrong with us stop us from worshiping what's right with God. Don't ever allow, allow what's wrong with you to stop you from what's, worship, what's right and, and to worshiping God for, for what's right with him. Never let that. You know, the shepherds, they, you know, they're probably like, hey, you know me as unclean, but guess what? This news, Christ calls me clean. You may know me as an outcast. Man, society hates me. My friends, my family, they've all pushed me out here, but guess what? Christ has called me a friend. You may know me uh, uh, as a sinner, yeah, man, I got a checkered past. I, I've done some pretty horrible things in my life. But you know what? Today, Christ, he calls me saved. He calls me forgiven. He calls me accepted. It doesn't matter about my past anymore. It matters about my future in Jesus. That's what matters. Never let what's wrong with you stop you from worshiping what's right with God. Luke two seventeen. Reading on, it says, And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I love this progression. Get this progression, okay? Shepherds out there in the middle of the field, you know, whatever. Angels come give them this news. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? We have to go. So they immediately go. And they kneel down, they worship. And what's their second response? They had to go and tell people about it. First response was to worship. Second was to tell people about Jesus. You know, if you and I, if we don't have that desire to really go and tell people about Jesus, maybe we haven't fully surrendered our heart to him in worship just yet. If that's not a desire, a burning desire in you to say, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Okay, hold that. I want to tell you about Jesus. That needs to be a burning desire inside of us. True worship is this, guys. To kneel before Christ so that later you're able to stand before others and tell people about him. We need to be telling people about our Savior who came to save you and me. This is the last verse I want to read to you real quick. Luke 2.20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. I love this, man. I absolutely love this. When we give our hearts fully to God in worship, our lives will never be the same. Get this. Their circumstances didn't didn't change. They weren't fast-tracked to some corporate awesome job making six figures and now their life has changed. 
their circumstances didn't change. They actually walked back to the field that they were, shep- they were shepherding. Their circumstance never changed, but their heart was forever changed. Their destiny was forever changed. Their future was forever changed because Jesus came and saved them. Such an incredible thought. Listen, today, the world does not define you. Who you are is not defined by what your friends and society and your family say you are. We are defined by who we worship. Listen, you are so much more than a job. You are so much more than past failures. You are so much more than a sports position. You are a child of God. You are accepted. You are loved today. You are lo- Listen to me. Today, you are loved. Today, you are loved. The world doesn't define you. Who you worship defines you. So I want to ask you this question again. Who or what are you worshiping? Who gets the the most value in your life today? Who is that? What is that? According to these shepherds, our response to Jesus in worship should be just like these shepherds. It should change our everything. You know, worship is not a part of what we do. It's who we are. You know, I want you to bow your heads with me. I just want to give you just a second to examine your heart. I'll give you 30 seconds to 60 seconds of just quietness for a moment. And I want you to go before the Lord and I want you to ask him and say, God, you know, am I giving you the proper value? Have I placed you in the right place? God, do I push you off of my calendar when other things are more important? Christ, you probably think that, you know, maybe you do or maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ. Maybe you are drug here by your friend and you're just thinking about lunch and ready to get out of here. Maybe you don't know what we're talking about, but here's, here's what we're talking about in a nutshell. Jesus came to the earth so that he could be the sacrifice. He could take our place so that you and I will not have to live a life separated from him. And then one day we get to go to heaven and be with with Jesus. Jesus came to this earth. He became unclean. He became like the shepherd so that you and I could be clean. And if you and I don't have a relationship with Jesus, there's this place called hell and we will spend eternity there. And if if we don't, surrender our lives to him. Today, I want to give you that opportunity. It's really, really easy. Romans 10 says, if we say with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. It is that easy. This is a free gift. All it takes is a confession of our mouth 
and belief in our heart that this is true. So if you're in here this morning and you have yet to give your life to Christ, now is your moment. Now is your moment 